Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. We are so glad you are here and our hope is that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We have Pastor Geshom sharing the word with us today as we conclude our series called Run to Win. He shares the importance of rest to every athlete and more importantly for every follower of Jesus. Will you allow yourself to find rest in Jesus and his promise to never leave you nor forsake you? Hi church, it's such a joy and a privilege to be bringing God's word to you today. Even as we've been going through this entire series run to win, uh, we've come to the last part of the series. The last part is the sixth part in fact. And over the last five parts, we've seen how we have to run our race without comparing our race with others. And we have to run in hope that God will, you know, take us through this race, that we will complete it, you know, with full strength and not give up midway. Then we went on to see how Jesus is our core. Without Jesus being our core, we cannot run this race. And this race is something which he's marked out for us. And so if he is the core, we'll be able to hold on to him and he'll hold it all together for us because that's what he does. And we went on to see that he increases our endurance. The third part, we saw that how we have to have a prepared mind, how we have to have a sober mind and how we have to have a mind that is focused on Jesus. In the fourth part, we saw how we need to eliminate the cravings of our flesh. And many a times we all give in to certain cravings. If we have not dealt with it, it kicks in into certain areas of our life. And many a times we need to ask God for strength and health so that we do not live a life of guilt but we'll start living a life that the freedom that he gives us and that his word promises. We saw that we have to assimilate the character of God and the beauty about walking in this journey, this in this running, this race that God has kept for us is the fact that he starts, you know, working his godly character into us for people who have struggled with patience over a period of time, trusting him and journeying along with him. We suddenly see that he's given us patience. He's given us strength. He's given us hope. He's given us joy in the midst of everything that's going on. And I would encourage you that you wouldn't give up on running this race. This race is just not for running, you know, during one particular time of the year, but it's an everyday race that we are called to run. And last week we saw how we need to build endurance. Because one thing that the enemy will try doing is constantly pushing us away from running this race. He'll derail us. He'll make sure that, you know, we are lost. But then we got to see that, you know, God strengthens us in all these areas. We also saw that, you know, we'll, he'll give us endurance so that we don't fall into temptation. And we saw in the end that we have to acknowledge our healing. And today, the last part of this series, as we conclude, the most important part is about having rest in running this race. And you know, even as I was preparing this, uh, there are two kinds of rest. The rest that, you know, we often uh, tend to take when we are kind of like completely worked out, you know, we are completely run dry because of the pressure, because of, you know, working long hours and, you know, we really want to hit the bed. Not that kind of a rest, but this is a rest where in the everyday, we still have rest. Our spirit is at rest. And I want to concentrate today on that because, you know, we all have busy seasons. We all are busy with our lives. If I have to ask you today as a parent, are you busy? You would say yes. In fact, over the last two years, you've been more busy than ever before because you have your kids at home. They are studying at the same time. You're working at the same time. You're taking care of the home at the same time. You're making sure through all the chaos that's happening around the world, everything is sane. For those of you who've been, you know, struggling with work, getting projects in, these last two years has been, you know, the toughest times. If, In fact, even though you physically have rest, even though you're in the confines of your home, in the safety of your home, in the comfort of everything that your home offers, your spirit is not at rest. And today I just want to go down into that and see when we are running this race, why is rest important? You know, if you pull up the dictionary, the first meaning that you get to see about rest, it goes on to say is seize work or movement in order to relax, sleep or recover strength. But I love the other meaning what rest says. It says to be placed or supported so as to stay in a specified position. Today, all of us are running a race. In this Christian walk, no one is actually journeying a life that's easy. Everyone has a tough journey. 
everyone has growth pains everyone has a journey where you know they just are not worried about themselves but they are worried also for their loved ones their parents their siblings their children their spouse their extended family you know for friends everyone is having a tough time sickness and you know uh, ill health is you know literally part of everyone's journey we all have some pain or the other whether you have a child or whether you don't have a child we both live in this constant tension in this world of making sure we are able to get through a day well and so today all our lives are tough but i love what this meaning says be placed or supported as to stay in a specified position so whatever our journey is we need a support and that support is what jesus is saying i'll give you if you allow me as you run this race if you allow me you know i'll be with you i'll give you that support whatever position you are in whatever stage in life that you are in whatever journey that you are in what however tough it might be i'm willing to be that position for you and so today why do we need rest you know and i just want to go back to genesis chapter 2 and i love what it says there and why god in fact took rest from uh, the six days that he created you know and then the seventh day he took rest it goes on to say in genesis chapter 2 was 1 to 3 in nlt it says so the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed on the seventh day god had finished his work of creation so he rested from all his work and god blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation so he rested from all his work i love what it says in the esv version it says god sanctified that day and you know the word sanctified means that you are set apart for a purpose and so the rest that god wants to give your spirit he wants to sanctify that and give you purpose in that he wants to make sure that you know you're just not bombarding yourself with every possible uh, you know outlet that the world is offering you're not allowing everything in i want to allow only the things that you want me to hear to you know see to you know to allow into my heart so that i have that rest that you say your word has and so it's important that you know lot of us uh, want rest lot of us you know if you, if you've had a busy week you just want to crash on the weekend you don't want to be disturbed you want to do your own thing and most of us our own thing is what binge watching something you know for the next 6 hours or you know eating comfort food just probably you know cooking that uh, that maggi you so love with egg probably and you know making sure you can just sit and enjoy and watch a, your favorite season of something or probably it's you know just being outside doing something or you know you are just allowing everything the world is offering to you know kind of like fill you up so that you'll be at peace you'll be at rest but in the midst of all that when you wake up the next day your spirit is still not at rest you know you so desired that promotion but after getting that promotion your spirit is still not at rest you so you know wanted to get married to this person you loved so much but after getting married and after 6 months you're still struggling your spirit is not at rest you thought because of certain things happening in your family the situations has changed you will have rest but still you're not having rest god's wanting to say hey i want to sanctify your rest and when he says he wants to sanctify the rest he wants to remove certain things he wants to add certain things because you know when we are in that position of rest we are actually allowing god to work in and through us i love the fact that god rested which makes us all the more human you know that we definitely need rest so today you know as much as we all get to add this tag you know on people we like or we think they are influences as super woman or you know super husband or super dad or you know all that thing there's nothing super about humans at all we all are frail we all are lacking peace we all are unable to rest our spirit is not at rest but god today is saying hey if you want to run this race well if you want to run this race you know to your fullest you need to have rest which only i can give so every athlete you know they as much as they put so much time and effort into the working that they do the coaches they have the food that they eat you know the rhythm that they kind of like get themselves into there's one thing that they make sure that they do well also is that they rest and i was just reading uh, this particular statement which i kind of like was this 
uh, as I was preparing, I was just going through. It's in the day of rest, recovery happens. It allows the body time to repair and strengthen itself in between workouts. It also allows the athlete to recover both physically and psychologically. And so today, when we allow God to work in that rest, which, you know, is all contained internally, he'll automatically move us to, you know, uh, separate ourselves so that we're able to clear all those noise, all filter all those things which are unnecessary of, uh, you know, what God wants to do in us. And he'll start speaking to us. And so he might withdraw us to a place. He might move us to a place where we kind of like say, you know what, I'm going to switch off certain things today. And I don't want to be part of uh, seeing all those updates. I want to switch off my mobile phone. Or I want to switch off my social media. Or I want to give up this particular day so that I'll be able to see and hear God more better. Or you know what, I'm going to cut off intentionally certain people I thought were helping me, but they were literally distracting me. They literally were taking me away. And... We have to come to this place where we become serious about that. Every good athlete is serious about their rest because they know that as much as they work their body, as much as they put effort into everything, there is a time when they have to allow it to heal, allow it to recover, allow it, you know, to kind of rebuild itself internally. And if we want to run this race well, we need to learn to rest well. And so today, the first thing that I want to ask you all is, are you willing to allow God to redeem that rest in your life? And for most of us, that rest is so deformed. That rest is so um, confused. For a lot of us, it's like frustrations, literally. Our spirit is so frustrated. For a lot of us, you know, our spirit is so anxious. We, you know, think, okay, I need eight hours of sleep. We sleep and we get up and our spirit is still disturbed. We think, you know, if we do certain things, if I cut off this, if I do this and all that, I try in my own strength, yet... I feel my spirit so disturbed. I feel that, you know, my spirit has become so manipulative in the sense I want to do it my way and I'm not willing to listen to God. I'm not willing to hold on to what his word says. I'm trying to control the narrative. I'm trying to make sure the narrative fits. And so I'm in, even in my spirit, I'm kind of like saying, you know, this is not what God wants for me. This is what I think is best for me. We start becoming doubtful. When our spirit is not at rest, we are doubtful of everything that God's done. We are doubtful of the journey that we've had in life. We forget to see where God's led us thus far. And we automatically, in the meantime, because we are not allowing God to work in our rest, we remove all the promises that he's spoken over our lives. And so church today, even as we dive deeper in, we're going to see from Hebrews chapter 3 and 4 what this rest looks like. And in a day that we are living, we so much need God to redeem our rest. Because if we do not do that, we'll end up like the Israelites of how they ended up. So can we just go ahead and read Hebrews chapter 3 verses 7 to 11 in the NLT version. It goes on to say, that is why the Holy Spirit says, Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled, when they tested me in the wilderness. There your ancestors tested and tried my patience, even though they saw my miracles for 40 years. So I was angry with them and I said, their hearts always turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger, I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest. As I was reading this, you know, I felt like the Holy Spirit was reminding me personally, Geshom, today, when you hear my voice, don't harden your heart as Israel did when they rebelled, when they tested, when they tested me in the wilderness. You know, when it says when they rebelled, it, I put my name over there. So when Geshom rebelled, when they tested, when Geshom tested God in the wilderness, they forgot the miracles that he had done. We, in fact, you know, when we do not hear his voice and when we have hardened hearts, we, in fact, are trying God's patience. That's one thing which we all really can't stand. Because when we try God's patience, we don't know what God can do. In fact, if you read that entire story, you see that, you know, an entire generation didn't get to go into the promised land. So today, even as I mentioned that God has to redeem our rest, how can we allow God to redeem our rest? As we read verse 8, the first thing that we need to keep in mind is we should not have hardened hearts. We should not have hardened hearts. 
So today, what does a hardened heart look like? Today, you know, if life's been tough, a heart automatically becomes hardened. Today, when struggles come, our hearts become hardened. Today, when I don't get that promotion, my hearts get hardened. When I'm, you know, not getting that incentive I was promised, my heart gets hardened. When I, you know, think I'm doing uh, enough, but I'm not getting appreciated, my heart gets hardened. When people don't around me don't understand and don't get don't get me, my heart gets hardened. When things are not going my way, my heart gets hardened. And, you know, oftentimes when you look, look, at, look at the verse which we just read, the Israelites, in fact, were in captivity. And when God liberated them, they were walking into freedom. But in that walking in freedom, they were grumbling. In that walking in freedom, they were struggling to actually see God for who he was. And I was, God was reminding me, Geshom, you know, when I saved you from the uh, death of hell, the death that comes by not believing in Jesus. And when I give you and bring you into my freedom, you still are complaining. You still are not trusting me. The Israelites, God provided. The Israelites saw that God split the Red Sea. When they wanted food, God gave them manna. When they wanted meat, God gave them quail. God was their provider, yet they didn't see him for who he was. Their hearts were hardened. They all, they could go back was the, you know, the good times they had in Egypt. They kept recollecting all the stuff that they enjoyed in their past. That's why we see when we decide to follow Jesus, no turning back. Because turning back is the easiest thing. Looking back is the easiest thing. Looking back in that rear view mirror is the easiest thing. That glance will put that doubt into you. That glance will kind of like make you think, should I just take a turn, you know, turn the car right here and just go back to where I was. Giving up that addiction will be tough. But if you press on, God will give you that rest. He will quieten your spirit. But if you constantly keep looking back, you'll be tempted. You'll start grumbling. You'll start labeling things that God does not call you as that. And you'll start, you know, wanting to give in to what the enemy is trying to entice you. We will never find rest if our hearts are hardened. We will never find peace if our hearts are hardened. We will never find joy if our hearts are hardened. I think I mentioned this earlier in my sermon, but I just wanted to take one aspect of a process in which um, the uh, swordsmith actually goes through when making a samurai sword. And, you know, in Japan, it's uh, it's treated as an art in itself. You know, and so the, it's, a, it's close to a 13-step process. And if you see from just not only taking the metal to the way it's heated up, it's literally heated up at 1,200 degrees Celsius. It's heated, it's taken out, it's beaten, it's put back again in the heat, it's taken out, it's beaten, it's treated so much in the fire, literally that every time it gets beaten, there is so much um, so much impurities that it's leaving. You know, it's leaving the metal and it's making sure it's becoming finer and finer and finer. But there's this one process which they actually do, which is called annealing. And, and I just want to read what the process is about. Annealing is a heat treatment process that changes the physical and sometimes also the chemical properties of a material to increase ductility and reduce the hardness to make it more workable. And even as I was just going through this whole thing, as a swordsmith puts it every time in and stretches it and, you know, kind of like beats it up and forges it, he normalizes it. Then he puts it into this process called annealing where impurities are coming out, where, you know, it, he's making sure it's workable so that the shape comes out to how it has to be. And I was just reminded that, you know, God often wants to work with our hearts like that. He wants to shape it, shape our hearts and shape our heart so that we will be able to listen to what he has to say. Shape our heart so that we'll be able to see what he wants us to see. Shape our heart so that we'll be able to talk and declare what he wants us to actually say out with our mouth based on what we've read. Today, our ears, our eyes, our mouth are so important because if we do not see the right things, if we don't put in what we are hearing right, we oftentimes will be, you know, our hearts are hardened and we're just speaking the wrong things. In this process in which the swordsmith is actually making this, you, they actually put the blade at a low temperature and they allow it to cool. And by the time it allowed, uh, they allow the blade to cool, the stress and the distortions that are there within that blade all start coming out and it's strengthened even further. 
and i was just reminded that god wants our hearts to be strengthened and not hardened sometimes we need to allow god to work a lot in our hearts because it's easy for our hearts to get hardened why i'm saying it's easy because many a times um if someone kind of like says the wrong thing about us you know it gets hardened and you know when people misunderstand us it gets hardened we then start imagining you know everyone's out to get me and it gets even more hardened we suddenly you know look at others thriving and it gets even more hardened but the more we allow god to work in and through us he beautifully shapes us and when he beautifully shapes us he we get to see what god's actually doing in and through us and before we know it our hearts aren't hardened anymore in fact he's shaped it he's you know structured it in such a way it's become beautiful it becomes a vessel for him to use it becomes a vessel and suddenly before we know it we are consumers of joy we are consumers of his peace we are consumers of his love and we start experiencing that in our spirit so today will you take the step of not hardening your hearts numbers chapter 14 verse 6 to 10 goes on to say joshua the son of nun and caleb the son of jephna who were among those who had spied out the land tore their clothes as a sign of grief and they spoke to all the congregation of the sons of israel saying the land through which we passed as spies is exceedingly good land if the lord delights in us then he will bring us into his land and give it to us a land which flows with milk and honey only do not rebel against the lord and do not fear the people of the land for they will be our prey their protection has been removed from them and the lord is with us do not fear them but all the congregation said to stone joshua and caleb with stones but the glory and the brilliance of the lord appeared at the tent of meeting the tabernacle before all the sons of israel a prelude to this entire thing is moses sends out 12 spies of the 12 spies two are caleb and joshua and they go they see this land and literally they come back saying that this land has is a land flowing with milk and honey there's fruits as plenty they in fact describe how these fruits are they brought in something so that they can actually you know witness what is the produce of this land but the remaining 10 went on to tell that you know we cannot go that they are giants out there we can't conquer this land but because Joshua and Caleb had been participants had actively seen even the 10 of them had been participants of what God had done in the desert had done in the wilderness they had faith their hearts were not hardened their hearts in fact they didn't keep looking back and complaining they in fact were so looking forward to the next day of what God has in store for them that they knew that if they trusted God God will give the land to them i love how you know both of them are uh, telling the people there let's not rebel let's trust god he's they go on to say that their protection is removed that the lord god of israel will give the land to us their hearts were not hardened but the other 10 were hardened and god goes on to punish them he tells except for joshua and caleb and the children of these 10 only they'll get to enter their land their generations will get to enter the land rest all had to travel for the next 40 years and they literally all died in the wilderness not getting to see their promised land and so church today i would ask you you know if you hardened your heart if you've hardened your heart to jesus I would ask if you would open it up. The minute you willingly open it up, he'll come in and he'll start working in and through you. But for those of you who've allowed situations in your life, probably, you know, you've had a bad marriage and you know things have just your heart is just hardened. For some of you there's some childhood trauma that your heart is just hardened. God's wanting to work with you. For some of you you've just given into, you know, certain addictions and your heart is hardened completely. you feel that no one is there your spirit is incomplete you know it's not in a rest mode but it's in unrest mode god wants to work with you would you give your heart to god because when he works it he'll turn it beautifully to make sure that that is a place where his presence dwells and when he dwells you'll have rest in your spirit the second aspect for our rest to be redeemed is we should have belief that activates faith we should have belief that activates faith as we read you know in hebrews 3 if we don't have belief that activates faith we'll never be able to see god working in and through us 
Hebrews chapter 4 verse 3 goes on to say in the Passion Translation, for those of us who believe, faith activates the promise and we experience the realm of confident rest. For he has said, I was grieved with them and made a solemn oath that they will not enter into my rest. You know, there's a beautiful way in which God wants us to enter into rest. When we open our hearts and, you know, allow God to work in and through us, we allow his promises to work in our hearts. And that in turn produces faith. And in faith, we take that step forward. I, you know, I'm just going back to, you know, the story of Joshua and Caleb. If you see, go on to see Joshua's life, he goes into, you know, after Moses' time, he goes into the promised land. They had to fight battles after battles after battles, but God was with them. The journey was tough, but God was with them. And at the end of it, God gave them peace. At the end of it, God was there. Did they have struggles? Yes. After the walls of Jericho came down, when they had to go and conquer the next place, they found that there was sin within the camp. They had suffered a loss and God had to literally teach the entire camp a lesson. And Joshua was open to God's correction. That's what happens when you allow your heart to actually you know, be governed by God. You're open to correction. Yes, we are frail, but God's correction will allow us to go back and you know, do what God wants us to do. We'll be able to get onto the path back and say, God, I trust in your promises. I believe in it. And in faith, I'm going to continue on. You'll be able to ask God for forgiveness and say, God, give me the strength. And God will give you the strength. He, in fact, as we saw last week, he'll give you the endurance. And at the end of it, when you look back two years back, four years back, five years back, you'll be grateful. Those journey will all start becoming a time of thanksgiving for you, for the strength that he gave you. Joshua chapter 21 verses 43 to 45 goes on to say, So the Lord gave the Israel all the land which he had sworn to give to their fathers and sisters, and they took possession of it and lived in it. The Lord gave them rest from conflict on every side in accordance with everything that he had sworn to his fathers, and not one of their enemies stood before them in battle. The Lord handed over all their enemies to them, not one of the good promises which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel failed. All had come to pass. All had come to pass. So today, the belief that you have in God, is it activating your faith or is it deactivating your faith? Today, are you allowing the, you know, the theories of the world? Are you allowing the, you know, various uh, confusions of the world deactivate the faith that God is asked of you to actually stand up, rise up and go forward? You know, we many a times forget that, you know, we know that God is our healer, but we forget to activate that faith and walk in that boldness. You know, God, you know, God wants you to get out of debt. And, you know, part of getting out of debt is he corrects us. He shapes our, you know, our needs and our wants. And, you know, in that, we struggle to give control to him. But when we do give control to him, what happens? We find ways in which we can control our expenses. And automatically, within a period of time, we are able to walk out victoriously out of debt. God wants that for you. But are you willing to believe and activate that faith? Activating that faith comes with a cost. Activating that faith comes with knowing that, you know, you can't have everything, but you can have something. In this case, you can't have everything that you would like, but you have someone who is eternal, who is your savior, who is God, who is Jesus, and he's willing to walk with you. If you're in the trenches, he's willing to walk with you right there and bring you out victoriously. If you're walking through a season where you've just, you know, been depressed, God's willing to walk with you in that and bring you out victorious. But are you allowing God to activate your faith? So that at the end of it, you know, when your spirit is at rest, you're able to activate that faith into even more bigger situations. You know, God does not want you to be a person where you're in the same position five years from now. He wants you to grow. He wants you to, you know, take that step of boldness. And the beautiful thing that we get to see as part of a community, the beautiful thing that we get to see amongst Christ followers is there's always been progress if you've activated your faith and if you're believing him. 
Hebrews chapter 4 verse 9 to 11 goes on to say, So we conclude that there is still a full and complete Sabbath rest waiting for believers to experience. As we enter into God's faith rest life, we cease from our own works just as God celebrates his finished works and rests in them. So then we must be eager to experience this faith rest life so that no one falls short by following the same pattern of doubt and unbelief. So if faith has to be activated. We need to, you know, remove this pattern of doubt and unbelief. What is the pattern of doubt and unbelief that has been working in and through your life? You know, God will speak specifically to you as an individual. Geshom, I don't want you to do this. You know, I don't want you to take this up. And you know, because I've given it to greed... Because I've given into an immediate need thinking, you know what, if I take this project, I might get this X amount and, you know, I should be able to, you know, do something. And, you know, I wouldn't have consulted God. I wouldn't have asked God, God, is this off you? Should I take this? And before I know it, I've taken the project. What should have just taken me a week suddenly takes me three months. And before I know it, I've lost peace. Peace, not in my, you know, what we see physically, but in my spirit, I've lost peace. Because it's not going the way I want. What I thought would be easy ends up becoming tough. It's because I'm constantly in this pattern of doubt and unbelief. If God says that he'll take you through, he'll come through with you. If he says he'll rebuild, if he's saying he'll rebuild your broken pieces, trust him with it. Don't give in to that pattern of, you know, doubt and unbelief. Satan has a sly way of coming and putting in that doubt. Sly way of coming in and, you know, bringing that unbelief. Yes, your friend might have walked out on her husband and, you know, is living the life. But that doesn't mean that you have to follow that same pattern. You can strive to see God fulfill the greater plans he has for you in the marriage so that he can accomplish something greater. Would you believe and would you activate that faith? Would you activate that faith for your family? As a parent, would you believe and activate that Faith for your child who's moved away where you've been struggling. He's been caught in a drug addiction and you've been praying and praying. But God's willing to come through. Will you hold on to him? He's willing to journey along with you. He's willing to give you that faith rest life. You know, God completed all his work and he took rest. Honestly, we struggle to complete work. I don't know, but... If I have to calculate every weekend and every time I'm starting, it just feels like it's never ending, you know. But God's saying, hey, I'll put your spirit at rest. You won't be disoriented. You'll be made whole when you even step into a busy week. You won't have those Monday blues, but you'll step in in confidence knowing that this week you're able to go into, you're going to do much more than what you did last week. So today, are you willing to activate that faith? So Geshe, we told, you know, I shouldn't have a hardened heart. I should allow God to, you know, work my heart so that he'll be able to do what he wants to do in and through me. And, you know, he, I should believe in his word and I should activate the faith. Yes, those two are very important. But, you know, those two comes for people who've been lacking the, you know, the, the rest that they've really wanted to have in their spirit. But many of you have actually journeyed, you know, into that space of rest. You probably have experienced this rest. You probably have said, you know what, when uh, I had a job that was easier, you know, but then suddenly I just felt I wanted more. I took up more and now I don't even have time for God. God's telling you that, you know, I'm here today to even give you rest. You know, in the more of things that are happening in life, you know, in the, for, a, for our kids who are probably, you know, right now in between going uh, between physical and online, for those of us who are trying to manage between going into office and, you know, or working from home. And, you know, when, when, some, when there's so much more that's happening this season, especially for us who are all going into this end of the year season, it just seems everything is piling up one after the other. He's saying, I'll still give you rest. So this, this sermon is just not for someone who has not experienced rest, but it's also for those who've experienced are yet lacking that rest. And so I would ask, can we put our rest in God alone? Can it not be, you know, oh, I need to go to a secluded place. I need to go on a vacation. You know, many times when we decide to go on a vacation, we decide we even need a vacation from God. But I've realized it's in that 
time when I've actually shut down so many things around, God starts speaking. God starts showing. God starts stirring in your spirit that there's something new coming to the season and he starts preparing. So today, when we find rest in God, there are two things we need to do importantly. The first thing is we need to learn to recalibrate ourselves to what God wants us to be. We need to learn to recalibrate ourselves to who God wants us to be. You know, um, uh, as I was preparing this point, I was reminded of this. Uh, there's a tripod in which I have the camera right now, you know. And uh, so this is a video camera. And so the video camera is a different video head in which you rest the camera on this tripod. And it's called a video head specifically because there's a ball underneath in which you can actually move it around to make sure it's, you know, aligned properly. It's straight. And whatever the surface is, you know, if it's a smooth surface, you can still have your tripod you know, adjust the ball head and your camera is straight. If you want to set it on stairs, you know, probably in a two flight stair, you can like keep the two legs over there, keep it on a third. I can still keep my camera straight as long as I move the ball head and align it and recalibrate it. God is telling us constantly, he'll constantly be nudging us. Geshom, this week I need to recalibrate you so that you have rest in your spirit. Even as you're entering this Christmas season, even as you meet extended family, I'll want to recalibrate you so that you'll have peace in your family get-togethers. Today, you're probably going back home to meet your parents. And every time you've walked out of your home, you've had an argument, you've had a disagreement. But God's telling, I'll recalibrate you so that you'll be able to have rest and have that peace that you're so longing for in your house. As we learn to recalibrate, it's his word, the daily, as you keep dwelling on his word, he starts recalibrating it. The love that you have, he starts recalibrating it and saying, hey, you can show a little bit more of love. And soon you realize your spirit is at, you know, rest. That situation, suddenly that expense comes, you're you're asking God, God, give me peace. Show me how we can handle it. God gives you peace and miraculously that bill is taken care of from the source that you least expected. God's wanting to do it, but are we willing to recalibrate ourselves so that God can work in and through us? Even as I'm talking on this topic of rest, there's a way in which God wants us to live our lives as Christ followers. You know, one of the biggest things that we get to read in all these epistles is contentment. You know, the more we start dwelling on God's word, he starts changing our contentment levels. And then automatically we start recalibrating it. You know, we suddenly look at a car and we think, you know, we need that car. Oh, that car would be good. It'll be a better upgrade. You know, we have 10 reasons as to as pros and probably two reasons as cons. But then as we, as probably your spouse might say, we might not need it. And then suddenly you're reading God's word and then God convicts you. Do you really need that? Aren't you content with something? And then you kind of like recalibrate your heart and say, God, I'm sorry. I know you've already given. When the time comes, yes, I'll trust your timing. It's probably a small example, but I don't know what God's actually wanting to recalibrate in your life. As you heard last week, probably you're looking outside on your neighbor's lawn and thinking, you know, their family is having it right. Their family is having it good. And even as God's speaking to you, probably God wants to convict you saying, hey, you have it. But there are certain things that need to change in your life. Will you allow me to change? Recalibration should happen. If you're a child and you've been in loggerheads with your parents, God wants to recalibrate your heart so that you can enjoy the joy of being, of having parents and you know enjoy that uh, journey along to see how a family can succeed. God wants to work in and through you. Would you allow God to recalibrate? So that every time we are standing, we are standing from a place where our spirit is at rest. Our spirit is not anxious. Every time I think I can do something out of my own strength, my spirit is not at rest actually. In fact, I'll be even more worried. You know, if I'm entering into a season where I think I can manage this on my own and I'm not trusting God enough, you know, suddenly my psoriasis flares up and, you know, I, it, it, it's a reminder for me that I'm not giving everything into God's hand. I need to recalibrate. God, this is beyond my control. I give it to you. God, my, the way I'm seeing, I, I, I'm scared, but I still give it to you. You take control, Lord. Can you recalibrate my heart and what my, I need to believe? 
Because when we recalibrate, God honors the faith that we have and he wants to journey along. The second thing that we can do when we rest in God is we learn to be obedient to that gentle whisper. We learn to be obedient to that gentle whisper. You know, I'm, I've taken my reference from 1 Kings where Elijah, you know, was suddenly on this journey where he thought he was the sole person who was being persecuted. And God came to him and told him, you are not the only one. There are 7,000 odd out there who have not bowed their knees to Baal. And it's a reminder. Every time we are cribbing, every time we are, you know, uh, every time we are finding fault, every time we are, you know, discouraged and, you know, just saying that, oh, this only happens for me. Oh, this is my raw deal. This is what, this is my lot in life. If we keep, you know, just running ourselves down, God will speak to us only in that gentle whisper to tell, hey, look around. I have, I'm with you in this journey. You're not alone. I want to do something bigger. Rise up. Stop. Stop, stop, stop it right there. And we have to be obedient to that gentle whisper. Let's go on to read 1 Kings chapter 19. It goes on to say, The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in that earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. And even as Elijah was standing there, God told, stop, you know, just stop complaining. You're not the sole one who's persecuted here. You're not the sole one who's suffering here. There are others who've taken the call. There are others who've decided not to bow down and they are standing quietly. And honoring me. So stop having a pity party. And that will happen only in a gentle whisper. God will always talk to us in a gentle whisper. Are we allowing our ears to be attentive to that? You know, we oftentimes think, you know, if we hear the loudest, we will actually change. Like the minute I want to correct my children, I have to shout. But honestly, nothing changes. Even my dog doesn't listen when I shout. But when I talk to them in a normal voice, when I'm having a conversation with them, they actually are responding. They're actually listening. They actually are wanting to do something. And reading this passage was quite evident that, you know, we sometimes might think God might throw hailstones and then, you know, then correct me. No, God will correct us in our gentle whisper every time we are probably complaining and bickering and, you know, trying to say that, you know, this is not right for me. This is not what I should be going through right now. But God will speak to us in that gentle whisper to say, hey, pick yourself up. Activate that faith. Move on. I have bigger things for you. And in that moment, you will find rest in your spirit. So church today, even as we conclude there's a beautiful verse which uh, Hebrews 4 concludes and I believe all of us have to hear it. You know, as a church, we constantly keep coming back to the Bible. We say, you know, if you're not reading the Bible, you really will not be able to apply all that we actually talk. And that's so true. You need to cultivate a daily habit of reading God's word. This gentle whisper happens when you actually are reading God's word and automatically you'll find God, you know, speaking into your spirit. You know, this is something which I really love. I, every time I'm, 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 I'm traveling on the car alone by myself, there is either I put the audio Bible on to listen or I'm listening to something. Uh, it could be a podcast or it could even be music, worship music. And, you know, God starts speaking. There's some declarations that I start picking off all these songs that I declare over my life. God will give that spirit of ours rest when we trust in him wholeheartedly. A lot of you know, just three years back, my wife had to go through this entire journey of well, with the brain aneurysm. And, you know, oftentimes, you know, uh, it uh, as much as I had to remain strong, my spirit was, you know, so stretched, was so confused, was so dismayed, was so broken because I was like, God, why is this happening now? But then I realized, God, in the midst of all this, you are sovereign. 
and there's one beautiful way in which you know god started ministering and it's through two songs at that point one was sovereign which uh, we oftentimes sing at church and the other one was raise a hallelujah and you know constantly that was on repeat because those were the things that kept you know going into my ear constantly because when i came back home i needed to be strong for my children where i had to be strong for my in-laws because i remember seeing all their faces and i knew god in the midst of all this please help me put the right things into my spirit because i don't want my spirit to break because if i know if my spirit breaks i know everything around me will break and even as we went through that journey for the next 3 weeks i still remember the songs just kept ministering to me they kept you know really moving me through that season through that difficult time and at the end of it i remember those songs kind of like activated my faith because it was declarations even though if i couldn't you know bo- outwardly sing it my heart was singing internally and i could believe in that and so today i don't know where you are at i love the song which gram kendrick has written only by grace can we enter only by grace can we stand not by our human endeavor but by the blood of the lamb and so church today it's only by his grace can we enter and only by his grace can we stand we can try everything we can possible with our human strength but we will never be able to stand so if you want to experience this rest in your spirit i would ask if you would allow his grace to enter your life can we just read and conclude uh, the sermon hebrews chapter 4 verses 12 to 16 it goes on to say for the word of god is alive and powerful it's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit between joint and marrow it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires nothing in all creation is hidden from god everything is naked and exposed before his eyes and he is the one to whom we are accountable nothing in all creation is hidden from god everything is naked and exposed before his eyes and he is the one to whom we are accountable so today even as i close you are accountable only to him he's not asking you to come and you know you know show your books over there he already knows everything he already can see everything but if you have been struggling with rest if you've been struggling with your spirit you know uh, completely just dismayed and discouraged i would encourage you would you give your hardened hearts to him so that he'll be able to shape it shape it into a vessel which will start you know taking in all this godly character that he wants to deposit in your heart and would you be able to take the word as we read it's a two-edged sword that will start working not just in you but in and through you and that belief that you get from the word of god will activate your faith and you'll hold on to it like never before for those of you who've already been on this journey of rest you've experienced in probably in different seasons or probably you've experienced it in a few mountain top times and now you're in a valley where you really don't have rest your spirit is you know uh, it's 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 just confused i would ask could you recalibrate it to what god wants it to be let it not don't recalibrate it to what you would like but recalibrate it to what god wants it to be and the second thing is would you be obedient to that gentle whisper because when you are obedient to that gentle whisper he will lead you he will lead you beside those still waters and you'll be able to experience him more than ever before so church even as you step into this week even as we conclude this entire series i would encourage would you all make a commitment and ask god god if there are areas in my heart that are hardened because of the situations that i've gone through in life because of the experiences that i've gone through because people who have touched me wrong who have uh, done something wrong to me or i ask that you would work in and through me for those of you who've been struggling with uh, the peace that you've experienced earlier but your spirit is not at rest right now would you recalibrate it to what god wants it to be recalibrated to and would you be obedient to that whisper can we pray a loving heavenly father lord we thank you lord for this time Thank you Lord for all that you've been teaching us Lord through this entire series. And I pray that Lord especially as a church we pray that we all will be people who can partake of rest that you give Lord Jesus. That our spirit will be at rest Lord Jesus. 
I pray especially for those of us who've journeyed in our Christian faith that we'll be constantly willing to recalibrate it to what you want it to be, Lord. And I pray that, Lord, we'll be obedient to that gentle whisper because we believe, Lord, you deal with us gently, Lord, and you change us inside out. And I pray for areas which we need change that we'll give it to you. We'll open ourselves to you, Lord Jesus. I pray specifically, Lord, for those who've not experienced rest at all, but yet have been coming to church and who've been listening to you and who've been asking you, Lord Jesus, I pray that they'll experience it, Lord. If their hearts have been hardened due to something that's happened in life, I pray that, Lord, you will change their heart. You will make it in such a way, Lord Jesus, that it'll all the hardness will remove and you will shape it to become this beautiful heart which will experience your joy, your peace, your strength, your love, your patience, your endurance, Lord Jesus, we thank you. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that, Lord, we'll be obedient to what your word says, that we'll keep your word close to our hearts and we'll always listen to what you have to say, Lord Jesus, we thank you. Be with us, Lord. I pray even as we step into this week, we step in in boldness knowing that you are with us, Lord Jesus. I pray for those who've claimed your word all this while and yet have not activated that faith, that we'll be able to activate that faith and step in knowing that you're in control of this week for us, Lord. I pray that, Lord, we lean into your word even more deeper. We'll step into your presence more longer. We'll, Lord, connect and, Lord Jesus, in a way where we'll be able to, Lord, draw more from you, Lord Jesus. We won't be satisfied, Lord Jesus. And I pray that, Lord, we'll be able to, Lord, accomplish all that you've set out for us, Lord. We give you the glory and honor. Be with us. Strengthen us, Lord. Go before us. In your most holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. So church, even as we conclude this series, our hope is that you'll be able to run this race well. The race is tough. The race is challenging. The race has its challenges. But remember that, you know, this race is not meant to be run alone. It's meant to be run together as a group of believers who trust and, you know, only worship Jesus. And I want to ask you if you would all partake of this journey together. You know, come to church, encourage one another, strengthen one another, pray for one another. And even as, uh, you know, don't isolate yourself. God has something big in store for you. And I strongly believe that even as you all partake of this race, that God will bless each and every step. God will bring everything to completion, that you'll be fruitful in everything that you set out to do. He'll bless the work of your hands and that God will use you mightily in the days to come, not just within your family, not just within your friends, but to this world that is hurting outside so that Jesus will be glorified in and through you. Have a blessed week. God bless you all. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to wearezion.in. Remember, whoever finds Jesus, finds life.